Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? We know you're drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. It's draft season. We're three weeks to the draft. I know the world is crazy. Everybody is staying at home. Hopefully you're staying safe. But we got lots of football to talk about right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So, Grifka, we haven't done it in a while. I think it's only appropriate. Before I introduce you, let's just do it upright. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Grifka. Ooh, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, man? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm 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 like so pumped about the Lions right now. I have a lot of, you know, it's that optimistic draft time. It's it's my uh, season when it's when it's draft season. I'm glad everything's sort of moving forward in that regard. And I also have a lot of questions about this team. So, I mean, we've got a lot to get into today. I'm going to kind of ask your opinions on a few things, but I got a big question that we'll save towards the back end of the show that I think everybody that loves the Detroit Lions is thinking about and wondering. So please stay tuned for that. But uh, Grifka, let's do some some topical things off right from the get-go. What did you think about the Detroit Lions bringing in former first-round pick from Alabama? Uh, Big uh, linebacker. Looks a lot like every other linebacker we have on this team. Reginald Raglan. Reggie Raglan. What did you think, Grifsky? I thought it was like a depth you know, guy right there. Once again, um, he was he just won the Super Bowl, so he knows how to win. Everybody's gonna kind of point to that. You know, he's coming from a winning team. He'll bring that mentality. But like you said, he's just another one of the big, you know, space-eating linebackers that this team has. He doesn't seem to be like that linebacker that's gonna be all over the field. You know, chasing down guys from behind. He's he's that you know run-stuffing two-down linebacker and. With Jared Davis, Jelani Tavai, I don't think he's fast enough to go play weak side, you know, like take Christian Jones' spot. So it was one of those things, all I could think was just, you know, another one of those bodies coming from a championship team that, you know, maybe will point this uh, defense, you know, in, in the right direction. 
Griffith, let's turn the clock back. Because, like, everybody, when, when Reggie Ragland came out, he, he was right in that area where the Lions were picking. You know, he was on a lot of people's minds. He's a great college player. He went to Buffalo, uh, barely had a cup of coffee there, got booted, then went out to, to KC, you know, seemed to be a marginal player at, at the start, you know, with them, wondering if he was even going to, you know, stay in the league. Recently, you know, he seemed to be out there more. I, I heard somebody touting his stats saying like he's, you know, he made all these you know big time plays. I think I even saw his like tackle numbers were a lot higher than what I thought. Where were you? Can you rewind the clock or remember? Because you probably loved Reggie Ragland, you know, when everybody was all about him in that draft. And now, like you say, he sort of had a an up and down, you know, NFL career. You, you don't think he has any juice or you don't think that there's anything there or what? Yeah, you're right. I will have to agree with you on that. I was one of those Lions fans that when he was coming out of Alabama, I would have really liked to see him, you know, in the middle of that defense. I never, I didn't think he was a first round guy. I thought he was one of those guys like, oh, man, maybe we can get this guy in the second round, you know. But uh, he just kind of turned out to be, yeah, like you said, he was. He, he just doesn't really seem to be like that standout linebacker anywhere. He just always kind of seems to be a guy. Um, I think they're just going to come and bring him here just to, I don't want to say like leadership because it's not like he's been in the league like all that long. He doesn't seem to be like that old salty veteran type guy. <laughs> He's here like, oh, I'm happy to be here. You know, like we say, it's just like, I think you're happy to be here because you're happy to be on a team. But I, I can't even see him. For as much as I like, you know, bag on Jared Davis, I can't even see him being better than Jared Davis. And they took to, uh, July and Tavai in the second round, and he played a lot of snaps. I can't even see him really playing in front of him. So he's got to be more of a depth guy right now. Grifka, if I'm reading you right before we move on here, I think you're trying to say in short that you think Reggie Ragland is not that. Uh... Yeah, yeah he, he's, not, he's not that great. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I'm i which is a rarity on the show. I'm somewhat in, in agreement with you. I, I feel like uh, I just don't know what he brings, why they had to bring him in. I mean, to me, if you had a, a bunch of other linebackers that were speedy or smaller and you're like, Hey, we need one of these big thumpers, one of these gap control guys. Like, I could see it, but instead, like, he's a clone of every other player they have on the team. Like, the, what's the difference between Jared Davis, Tavai, Collins, him, uh, Christian Jones? Like, they're the same football player. We just have six of them now. Like, I don't, I don't understand the concept of having so many of these guys. Even you know, three of them I could understand. You know, okay, four. You're put like six. You got you got six of these 250 pounds. Six foot line, like I, I'm very interested to see how they piece that together, or if they're just gonna like, you know, think they're gonna use these guys, you know, in in all these different positions, and use Jared Davis to blitz, and Jamie Collins is gonna be reverted back to four years ago, and he's gonna be a monster. Like I got so many questions about this linebacker core, and and that's gonna bring us to some things that we talk about here in a bit. Is kind of like, you know, what are they building? Is it gonna work? Because it it it's very uh, questionable right now. It could be boomer bust in my opinion, but like say, we'll, uh, we'll chat about that here in a bit. What do you think about um, a certain receiver they brought in recently? I mean, he's from one of your favorite teams in the league, the green Bay Packers. His name's uh, Geronimo Allison, <laughs> Geronimo Allison uh, for a one year, like didn't even get a milli, didn't even get a million bucks. Like they, they quoted it at like one year, like 970 K I think is what I saw on my phone, which was hilarious to me. Like, 
I actually well, go ahead. What do you think about it before I kind of give my quick thoughts? I thought of that as a uh, huh, type signing. It could be one of those things where he's kind of betting on himself. It seemed like he was always one of those guys that were like people were always like waiting for him to break out in Green Bay, but he seems to have like fallen behind other wide receivers. Uh, I know part of it was he always had, seemed to be all nicked up and dinged up, so he wasn't playing a whole lot. But I think this is one of those, I believe in myself, I'm going to prove everything, but the Lions have so many wide receivers in front of him. You know, if he stays healthy, he could be that, you know, that fourth guy that gets, you know, not guarded when he's on the field. But right now that's kind of like the eh, signing. This is one of those, this is also one of those signings after I started thinking about it, I thought about you, how you always talk about go get those young, hungry guys, you know, that want to play to prove something. I just think, Green Bay thought, you know, this guy's nothing, but he still has something to prove. So uh, I, this, I thought this was kind of one of those signings that you may like simply because he's like, you know, that hungry guy wants to prove something. He has something to go out and show. <laughs> Grifka, you, you know me well, sir, on this show. Uh, just like I can uh, read your gimmick lines before you even say them. Uh, I, I, I am a big fan of this signing. He was a guy I had pegged as kind of a target. A couple years ago, he was like a breakout candidate of like, wow, look out for Geronimo Allison. He's on the cusp of, of, of balling out or being something, you know, had some injuries. Um, you know, has has some has some abilities. Has obviously flashed on the field. You know, people say like, oh, he's not a burner, and he's not, um, you know, doesn't have some of these traits. But you go back and watch these football games. Like when he's out there, he seems to make a, a couple head turning plays here or there. You know, right now he's he's uh, you know you got your top three receivers. You know, to me, Allison is is in that fourth range. Then you got Marvin Hall and Fulgham kind of rounding out the troops, and then you'll hopefully have a a high-powered rookie with some speed possibly coming in would be my dream scenario. But, yeah, to me, it's not like they gave him one year, like, four million bucks, a million dollars. He's been in a passing-type system. You know, gosh, I just think this has went so under the radar, and it could be so good because you need that depth. And, and this guy has done some things in the league. He's been established. I, like I said, I heard some people really down on it. They're like, Oh man, I, if you were asking, but I'd rather have Geronimo Allison or Rick Wagner, give me Rick Wagner. I think that was like a green Bay guy that I heard say that it's like, okay, wait till, wait till Rick Wagner starts blocking for you. And then come and tell me if you, if you like that trade off, but yeah, I, I'm excited about this. I hope this guy gets an opportunity. I hope he can come in here and, um, you know, be that nice depth, but also maybe give us more than we bargained for, especially this year. And then you kind of see like, okay, is he a guy that you can move forward with because we don't have anybody under contract then after this year, or is he just kind of this one year rental and get out of what you can and then move on from there. I'm very curious to see. So glad to have Geronimo Allison in a Lions uniform. I thought that was a good signing. Hey, one quick follow-up on that for you. I was reading some stuff and people were like, Maybe, you know, the Lions signed him so they could get, you know, Green Bay's playbook. <laughs> Do you take any any credo into that at all? Uh, yeah, I saw the same thing. I mean, I think everybody kind of thinks that in the back of their head that that knows football. You know, oh, you can come in and get some trade secrets or, oh, maybe, you know, he's able to tip you off. To me, the, the only time that really works is when you're bringing in a guy the week you play that team. So you've seen those ones where, like, you're about to play a rival and it's a big game. And they'll sign like the backup fullback for like the week and then cut him beforehand. Like to me, those are moves where the guy needs a job <laughs> while he has the job. You put him under the old uh, hot lamp 
and you're like, all right, uh, <laughs> we need some, we need some Intel buddy. And then he gives you it. And then you're like, he, he goes to his locker right after the, uh, the, the meeting on the electric chair. And then there's his pink slip <laughs> in his locker. I think, I think that's when it happens, but not a guy like Geronimo Alex. And I mean, maybe he'll give you some tells, but again, he's an offensive guy. I think, you know, not as, not as good as, um, you know, I, I, I don't buy into that in this scenario, but I think it does happen to some degree. Okay. Grifka, um, we got to talk about this. This is a, this is a huge topic. I mean, uh, a lot of people, I hear it all the time. This is 33.3333333% of the game. Uh, this is, we got to talk special teams, the Lions investing, using kind of this new veteran contract rule to bring back your boy, Miles Killebrew. Uh, they brought in McCray, who's supposed to be a really good special teamer from Cincy. You know, they signed a, a wide receiver, a big-bodied receiver out of Jacksonville to add to the other 10 receivers they have on the roster. You still got Chris. You got all these, like, special teams bodies. Like, any thoughts on this? I mean, I know you got to give the new kid with the crazy haircut that's our coordinator some tools and some people to work with, but I always get frustrated by these, like, signings where then the first article you read, it's like, oh, I can't do much except maybe be on special teams. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you got to have a couple core special teams guys, but I, I was pretty bummed that they were kind of heavily investing again when I feel like the kicking game in 2020 is pretty much a wash most days. Yeah, that's just like one of those things. Like you said, a couple, uh, a couple key, you know, guys there's always those guys everybody knows i remember when i was younger the guy on the lines was toby castone he was the gunner that would always be down making the tackles if, if you remember that and even before that was i know you're bringing the old lines fans here leonard thompson he was actually a starting wide receiver but he was actually a gunner on the punt team and he would lay some licks as well but uh that tells you where the lines were they're actually using one of their starting wide receivers as a gunner on the punt team <laughs> that's not good what do you but, mean uh, we, we use our starting defensive tackles on on, on kick coverage <laughs> coverage that works for nick fairly they only turned out to busted foot yeah good call there but uh miles killabrew this guy it just seems like that's all he's gonna do is touch the field as on a special teams guy i know when they drafted him i was hoping for high hopes i was hoping he would be you know i want to say like lou delmas but better than lou delmas because Miles Killebrew would tackle somebody oh. and not talk a bunch of junk no matter where he was on the field. But uh, Hold on, Grifka. I, I, I got to call you out on the show. I mean, I, we're like 10, we're 10, 15 minutes in. I haven't properly done it yet. So now I got to jump in and crack on you like I do at times. Okay. So, so you got this thing you do, Grifka, which I know the people out there recognize, and I'm just going to put it on blast now. So like a couple of shows ago, we were talking about a, a safety, and you are like, oh, he's kind of like – He's just the same as Miles Killebrew, and I killed you because the guy is totally not like Miles Killebrew. And and now you like Killebrew. I was hoping he'd be like a Lou Delmas. I think on this show too, you've called Jelani Tavai a poor man's. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Chris Spielman, a poor man's Chris Spielman. Like, first of all, I think your comparison game is a little out of whack. I wouldn't want you doing my mock drafts. Uh, give me the. Uh, the NFL comp, but like, what is this you do where you compare every Lions player to a former Lions player? I mean, I, I don't get it. I think, I think it's a flaw in your, in your, in your evaluation. Would you like me to call Miles Killebrew? Like hoping he'd be like Ronnie Lott? Cause even I knew he wasn't that. <laughs> no, but then I could do this <laughs> for the Ronnie Lott reference. I, 
I don't know. It's just funny. You like you take a guy and you just uh, you just compare him that he's like an old lion when like the guys don't even play the same. Like Jelani Tavai hadn't even played a down and you you called him a poor man's Chris Spielman. Then you beat me up poor man's like i know what poor man's is grifka but the kid hadn't even he's took a, a snap run. yet and you were he comparing was, him to this guy who stuffy, like he's a run plays. stuffing linebacker and he, he's a run stuffing middle linebacker and he doesn't cover that's chris spielman but chris spielman <laughs> is better than jelani tavai oh so, so he can't he, no he can't just be a comparison and, and just because oh gosh chris okay, spielman Stephen was so Boyd, much better feel better he's a poor man Stephen boy <laughs> no it was the exact same way <laughs> Oh my! I think you. I think you just throw it out there because they wore Honolulu blue and they play the same position and they're somewhat similar in game. But like, just because that is, you can't relate two guys to each other. It just makes me laugh every time. Like, I can't wait till we draft people. And you're like, oh, he's like a poor man, and and just because they play the same position, they play for the Lions, and you you decided so. Well, I'm not calling you know, uh, Jelani Tavai like Robert Porsche. I mean, I'm not calling him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Richard Johnson, <laughs> Alan Aldridge, does that make you feel? Wait, do you know those guys, Richard Johnson? No, Alan Aldridge? no, not at all. But it's definitely a double bell. <laughs> all right. Anyway, anyway, it, it makes me laugh every time because, like I said, every time we talk about like the Lions will get a new safety, and you'll think like, okay, what's a safety from like two years ago that I can say he's sort of like him when like their games are totally different, and you don't care. You just know they're two Lions safeties from different eras, and you you put them together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, I, I don't about get Luke it. Delmas was a he was a strong safety who would like to hit. Miles Killebrew coming out of college, strong safety who like to hit. I don't want to call their games that much different. I mean, strong safeties kind of do the same things. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole any farther. Cause we'll just, we'll just really battle it out, which we might do later or on our Friday show. Cause I promised the people a big okay. argument, but uh, any other news and notes or things you wanted to talk about off the top? I think we hit some of the, the signings and then just, like I said, to me, that's those special teams are just, they are what they are. I mean, I hope they have a solid unit there, but to me, those aren't, aren't big moves and, like you say, it's just uh, it's interesting to say the least how this team's sort of putting itself together in free agency. Yeah, that's like like you said. I like I, I'm gonna agree with you. Like when you read the first article, and you know, you know the first line of an article, it's like, yeah, he was a major special teams player, great. And then you see like people like great signing, awesome signing. It's just <laughs> like special teams wasn't that terrible last year. It's not like our kick coverage or punt coverage was horrible, but. Uh, I guess, like you said, if they're always looking, you know, we talk about it, they're always looking to upgrade, thinking of getting a better player. Cool. You know, but, uh, you know, it is 33% of the game, you know, and the special teams coach does deal with the most amount of players. <laughs> Grifka, if you were, like, if you really want to invest highly in free agency, like you wanted to go out and get uh, really top end special teams guys, it'd probably be because your special teams is... Uh... Not that great. Yeah, and I'm with you. Like, we haven't been uh, in that category. We've been average, above average. Uh, hey, Grifka, news and – like, man, I don't even know if I have a, a sound bit for this. Maybe I'll have to put it in later if I have a good one. But uh, <laughs> Grifka, sound the uh, alarms, put on the celebration music. Sam Martin is gone. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh like the minute i saw it i tweeted it out and some people loved it other people i'm sure hated me for celebrating this guy being gone going to the uh the D- detroit broncos out there in denver colorado i was so happy to see him and his cargo shorts and his in-sync uh, karaoke and his uh golf outfits and all his other garbage get up out of here now the lions don't have a punter but they may want to do that at some point i don't know uh, before the season starts but um you know they may have to you know spend a draft pick which isn't my favorite but hey i got my wish griff i'm a happy man yeah, I know Denver's going to love it. Like in a key situation at a big game, he ends up punting the ball like 20 yards when he really needs to bomb one. And I'm just going to be like thinking, what the hell are you doing? You yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Uh, we, uh, like, that's the best part. The reason I want Sam Martin gone. This is the guy that, like, when we're at training camp, he's just kicking it 65 yards in the air with no bounce in the coffin corner. And then, you know, in preseason, he's putting it 68, you know, right where he needs to put it. You know, regular season, hey, Sam Martin's doing okay. He's doing this fourth quarter, need a punt. Oh, dang, I hit that one off the side of my foot six yards it's just like what a piece of garbage this guy was like always choked in the big moments how many times did he drop like a field goal or or couldn't hold the football like i i guarantee we probably lead the league and and dropped holds uh based on that guy and like i've always said the other reason i want him gone is because he would drop the holds and he had a fanny pack two pairs of gloves hand warmers uh <laughs> stick them <laughs> towel what else did he have out there when he's all he had to do was ke- quick hold uh grab the uh, snap hold it for a half second so matt prater could boot it in from 60 like he does every time not that hard sam martin see you later i'm not glad you're gone we can get almost anybody on earth that's a punter to do better than you did uh adios i'm so happy that's that that was the yeah, other he, news he, notes he, we got yeah it always seemed like you wouldn't go out to like hold for a, a kick You'd always have like your grandma's handbag, you know, that she'd always pack up, you know, for like an overnight stay somewhere. Like those old, those small suitcases that carried like everything. He's like unloading everything. Here's my towel. Here's my facial cream. Here's what do you got, dude? You're just, you're just pulling the kick. Right. Like Sam Martin's out there to hold the kick and they'd ask him like, Hey, do you have any Jolly Ranchers by chance? He's like, I do. Hold on. I do here in my bag. (laughs) Yeah. Chicklet's gum is what you'd have. Grifka, (laughs) Sam Martin is gone. Woo-hoo. Celebrate, Grifka. It's a good day. I'm not sure who we're going to bring in, but it doesn't matter. Sam Martin, good luck in the Mile High City. I'm sure you'll hit about three good punts during the year, and none of them will be when it matters. And we can move on from Sam Martin. Celebrate, Grifka. That's, that's pretty cold for losing a punter. Yeah, exactly. He's a punter. Like, uh, no, no one cares. I, I, I hope he got that memo a, a long time ago. Grifka, that's all the stuff we got off the top. Let's go ahead and take a break for our sponsors. When we come back, I got this big question. Like, I hope you got some good answers. You better bring some energy because we got some things to talk about and some arguments may ensue, but we'll do that right after the break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Thank you for listening to our sponsors of Anchor Spotify. Uh, Always helps out the show. You know, we always try to remind you to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform, especially on iTunes. That helps us out as well. And just really appreciate you guys listening. We continue to see our listens go up. I know Griff could put everybody to sleep with his solo episode last week, but I did what I could to pick us up and uh, have some fun after that. But uh, Griffka, we can't mess around anymore. Like we got to talk about something serious. So the Detroit Lions, I, I've been keeping up. You, you've you've briefly seen the uh, DTO scouting Oakery uh, football den that I have here. It's actually. Uh, better than ever i mean i've got free agent board i've got my draft boards uh ready to go i've got all the picks laid out i've got my lions targets i've got my fantasy football stuff all laid out like an absolute uh, gem in here but like my lions part for free agents like i know i keep up on them more than everybody else but i swear we've we've probably signed more free agents than almost anybody in the nfl i mean Top to bottom, where we started out bringing in Big Hal Vitae, and then you bring in the Jamie Collins of the world. You trade for Deron Harmon. You bring in uh, Desmond Trufant at corner before you trade your boy Slay. I, I know you want to cry about that, but we don't have time for that today. Um, they brought in about five special teamers because, I mean, you know, it's 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 th- you know third of the game. I mean, super important. And uh, quite a few other linebackers and and other players from the New England Patriots as well. So my big question to you is like, here we are. Free agency is basically done. The draft's three weeks away. Like, what do you think about this team right now? I mean, you're the negative guy on the show. It's why we fight. I'm the optimistic, you know, rainbows and butterflies, as you put it. But like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this culture Matt Pat, third year, he's broomed out everybody. I think uh, somebody asked me, you know, who's the only Lions defender remaining since Matt Pat and Bob Quinn came in there uh, or t- teamed up as a tandem? And I was like, I forgot who I threw out there. And, and like the only guy that's here uh, before then, I think, was uh, your boy, Jared Davis, <laughs> uh, an incredible linebacker with great instinct, speed, and, you know, all that other stuff that I mentioned on every show. So they've turned over this entire defense. The offense is, is, is similar, but there's a lot of changes there on the offensive line and whatnot. Like this cold culture, Patricia guys, scheme, all that versus teams that just go out I continue to see teams sign guys. I'm like, man, that's a good football player. Oh my gosh, look at their defensive line. Wow, that's like their fifth good linebacker they just added. Is this going to work against these teams that just have legit top talent? Because you know me, I want to tell the people and drink that Detroit Kool-Aid that heck yeah, it is. Like we're going to be a better team. They're going to all gel. They're going to love the coaching. Uh, They're going to be tough. They're going to win. You know, we're going to be healthy. But... 
I'm curious on your opinion because I know there's a lot of people out there that think it could go the other way, where you're bringing in a lot of meat and potatoes, uh, former Patriots, older football players, big plotting linebackers, and people could think it could go south quickly and be an, another debacle of a season. Where are you at right now in in what are, what are we at? End of March, early April with this team. I think they are building this team for what they really face in the division. I realize that Detroit plays all their games indoors. Minnesota plays their games indoors, but still they play the Bears and and, uh, the Packers. And those teams, besides the Bears seem to want to be the team that, you know, runs the ball a lot, mainly because their quarterbacks have been terrible and their wide receivers, they're not that great. Um, Minnesota is another one of those teams. They, uh, they have and they got rid of digs, but still they seem to want to like pound the ball more, you know, with um Delvin Cook. They always seem to have a decent number two. Like we've talked about this before. It seems like Minnesota's running backs, the top two are better than any of the running backs put together on the Lions. So I think they're trying to build that team, at least the defense, to face their division more so than anything. But with the culture type thing, I don't know if it's just everybody's if they're I've heard this before, like when, when they, when they traded away Slay and, and, um, or, and released other guys, they're like, you know, they were just malcontents. They didn't, you know, they didn't like his, you know, Patricia didn't like their attitudes, you know, and, and you heard the beef of like, he didn't like how Slay traded jerseys with people after games. And I, 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 I'm hoping it works, but right now I mean, you keep talking about Davis, and he seems to be the fastest guy on that defense. But I was listening to the radio a couple of weeks ago, and I heard the funniest comparison. Somebody they said Davis looked like a dog chasing a car, and I was, and I just laughed because that's his, that's really his coverage skills. And if that's going to be one of your fastest guys you're going to use in coverage, he still needs to learn how to cover to be able to do that. Because you know, you you mentioned all the other big guys oh, out there. Goodness. I mean, they're not going to cover a, a tight end or a running back, so. If they're looking for a bunch of yes men, it's like yeah, 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 coach, we got it. We're we're on your side. We're we're not going to cause any any rifts in the locker room. Yeah, that can help, but I still think you need some players back there to be able to, you know, make the plays that we're always looking for. I mean, we're always wondering what like Slade led the team in interceptions last year with like what two or three or something like that. I mean, I, I mean that's that's not that great. So I, I'm just. I, I'm I'm kind of on the defense. It's like still a, like you guys got to show me something. The offense, I mean, if everybody stays if everybody stays healthy, I think they'll be fine. All right. Well, this is where I somewhat tricked you, Griff, because I I posed this question in big long form, acting like you know I wasn't sure and where are you at? Because I kind of knew you'd probably go the route you did. So now it's set up perfectly for a nice argument between me and you, because I totally disagree with a lot of your points there when it comes to how this team's being built and where your questions are. Because when you look at the way they've turned over this team in a two year span under Matt Patricia, like, yeah, he came in right away and there were a lot of reports under the radar that he came in and realized, oh my gosh, like this is, there is so much wrong with how like, everything from the the practice facility to the weight room to the way these guys, you know, thought and how they were taught like under Jim Caldwell. So 
he had to flip all that, and he's also broomed out. It's it's not been one or two guys. Like now we see a pattern. Like all these guys going out, um, getting dealt to bring in other people, and people act like, oh, you're just getting rid of good football players to get the your guys, like you say, or the yes men. You know what I think they're doing, Grifka, in a really sneaky way is is Bob Quinn's continued to add depth year after year. He hasn't had a ton of just abomination of draft picks or guys that come in here that he gave a boatload of money to and they crapped out. He's been slowly building depth. He hasn't given away any draft picks uh, of any significance. So like every year we have our our normal set. Plus now this year we have an extra third, extra fifth, because the guy that you shook his hand, uh, Bob Quinn shook his hand too and sent him out uh, of town to Philly, got two draft picks and another 11 million back in his piggy bank. So what I think you're missing is like you keep focusing on Jared Davis being like this guy that can't cover and oh, he's our fastest guy. Where's he going to play? They're like they're pushing Jared Davis down the roster because they realize he's not this leader of the defense, captain in the middle like we hoped he would be. But he's still more than serviceable in the NFL with the traits he has. And instead, they went out and got rid of Devon Kennard, who was a guy that that I liked and thought he put was decent. But what they saw is that Devon Kennard rushed every time he was out there. He couldn't cover and he couldn't get to the quarterback unless it was a, a hustle play. So instead, now they have Jamie Collins, who they think they can get to the quarterback better. He's also always been good in coverage. So there's your guy that's going to cover, as well as Tracy Walker showed a lot of, you know, you know, um, abilities in that realm when he was healthy. So, yeah, you've got two two cover guys. Not like most most teams have four or five guys that can cover from the linebacker, the safety position. You only need one or two. I think we have that. What I think the Lions have done. And, and people are just missing it is not only have they brought in culture guys and kind of reform that, but they've also got rid of guys that were either marginal good or underperforming and tried to put in a guy that's better. And, and they, there's a, they always say that phrase of you can't um, you can't get broke, taking a profit or whatever. And it's like the lions can't be worse of a team by upgrading three, four five positions now keeping all their draft picks, adding draft picks, and having a culture built now and a system that's been proven to work over time. So I think they've definitely not only upgraded, but you, you again, you're going to cry about your boy Slay. To me, Desmond Trufant had better PFF ratings than him. Other than his injury the last couple of years, he turns the ball over more. He's more gritty and grimy when it comes to really getting after it. So, like, I don't even see that as a huge downgrade. I, I'm curious to what they'll do with the other 10 mil. But everybody's just going to, oh, slay left. We're going to be way worse at corner. In my opinion, you got a similar football player on a better contract. And you got that money to either spend on Logan Ryan or go get a rookie and, and, and let AO out there. Like, you heard me pub AO all offseason before they took him. Like, he can play ball. He can get out there. I mean, you know what it is. Oh, Baby. So I, I'm going to throw it back to you. Like you're taking the, I'm not sure the wait and see, Oh, this guy can't do this. This guy can't do that. Like, I think they've added depth. I think they've got grittier football players. I think they got people that aren't going to sit there and ask questions and uh, like go out there and work their tail off at practice, show up on Sunday and play football. But with that being said, all these all these signings on the defense. I mean, I agree with you. Jamie Collins is, is an upgrade, but aren't the other ones just kind of like a wash? 
I mean, really, I mean, doesn't just seem like a watch. Like you're just, I, I don't know if they're like true upgrades per se. I mean, we just kind of bashed on Raglan for bringing in. He sounds like he, I mean, he's like more of a depth guy. Yeah. Jamie Collins has taken the, the spot of, of Kennard, but um, all these other signings, I mean, what Nick Williams, I mean, I, um, you know, that signing right there. I mean, is he, you know, what we, what we thought we were getting in, you know, Snacks Harrison, you know, if, if it was like everything was being equal, I mean, if you were to ask somebody, well, would you take Nick Williams or Snacks Harrison? You know, it seems like nine out of 10 people are going to take Snacks Harrison. Grifka, I got to stop you. I, I, I got to stop you. First of all, okay. Nick Williams and Shelton, I mean, Nick Williams and Snacks are totally different football players. Uh, uh, you know, we, we traded out an injured old Snacks for an up and coming young Danny Shelton, who's a 350 pound people mover that has finally found himself played great football for the new England Patriots last year. And now is coming here at 26 years old. So yeah, we all love snacks when he got traded here, he balled out, but he fell off the table and he didn't want to be here. So they moved on and they upgraded to a guy that's going to do what he did. Plus, I think, uh, you know, based on where he's at in his career, Nick Williams is a penetrator, more of a, a guy that, had six, seven sacks last year. I mean, do you think Ashawn Robinson had six, seven sacks the whole time he was in Detroit? I'm not sure. So maybe Nick Williams is on the rise and, and he's a heck of a humble guy and a good football player where, you know, Ashawn, let's say it with respect, was always yelling at reporters, hating everybody, which is my favorite, his favorite trait that I liked about him. But, uh, you know, if he didn't want to be here, now you get a guy that's a locker room leader, a, a humble guy, a tough, hard worker. And, oh, by the way, he got he got it after the quarterback seven times last year and you know, he has a serviceable contract. I think Ashan got 10, 8, 10 million. Nick Williams makes five. So okay. go ahead and keep okay, going, so, but you got to compare them, right? I mean, Danny Shelton for snacks, not Nick Williams. Okay. I gotcha. Um, but my question is to you now, step back, you know, but we're not talking, you know, lines here, you know, being lines fans, if you were an opposing defensive coordinator, <laughs> is there anybody on that team on that lines defense that, makes you worry i mean that somebody's like you know we need to plan for this guy every play and i know once again i mean you can you know say trey flowers he came up i mean you know stuff like but really i mean is there really anybody on that team that like they're like we need a game plan around this guy we need you know this guy all the time somebody needs to you know point this guy out every play is there anybody on that defense that really scares you i mean oh i'm gonna answer not not really I mean, they just seem like, like you said, <laughs> no, let of, me answer. You know, no. bring, bring your lunch, bring your lunch pail to work type guys. And they're going to be that guy that just like, you know, they're solid, but not spectacular. That's, that seems what the whole defense is. They're just, you have your like, their top end guys are just solid. None of them are like spectacular, like wow guys. And I guess that's where you want to talk about, you know, the culture. I mean, yeah, it seems like that's what the Patriots have. I, I, I tell that to you. It's like how many pro bowlers have been on, been on the team. And I always throw Ty Law at you. And, you know, maybe Brewski may make it there. McGinnis may make it there one day. But they just never – they always did what, like, these guys. It's like, wow, you know, these guys have decent stats. And, they, you know, they play as a team. But I, I don't know. It just seems like more teams win when they have those guys that are just like, you know, you know these guys are studs. You know, I mean, these, these guys are studs. And it just doesn't seem like the Lions have any of those guys that are just like, you know, spectacular at their position, you know, top five guys at their position. They seem like they have, they have solid guys. I'm going to 
answer your question with a question, Grifka. What do you think is is easier when you're opposing team? Do you think it'd be easier to come in here and and game plan or, or go against one or two premier players, or do you think it'd be tough to to have to deal with uh, 22 really solid upper echelon, above average scheme tough guys? Like, w- what would you rather play defense against? I mean, play basketball against one really good player or five or one like stud or five good players that can all get after you. What, what would you prefer? Well, I guess I would like to have like one or two studs and you know and then like three or four decent players as opposed to your five or six or seven decent players i mean okay. i'd rather have that's fair two, enough that's two, fair two enough two studs but, is what i as what i'd rather have but what happens Griffith? there's this thing in the nfl it's called salary cap and like if you want one or two of those studs you're either giving away top draft capital to get those guys and then you're also paying them big dinero so what bob quinn has decided to do and again, this could come back and bite him. But again, because we're having this argument, because I'm the uh, positive guy on the show, I would say that it probably, you know, in the long run, has an opportunity to work out. People are all caught up and, oh, he's been here five years. and Oh, these last two years have been a debacle. You know, also what he's done over those five years is is kind of add these pieces, like I said. So when you're talking about studs, yes, we paid Trey Flowers $18 million. He had a a very good above average year. I would say his first year in our system, in our culture here in Detroit, I would expect an uptick there. He's a guy that you have to account for on the edge. We also have uh, Jelani Tavai, who you mentioned, who's not a household name by any means, but he's barely going into his second year here. He played, but he, he really didn't get a ton of work, but when he was out there, he looked good. I'd say he's a plus linebacker in the middle of your defense. I know you're talking about game changers. So, um, you know, the only game changer to me that could be and, and still needs to show it, but I, that I'm projecting forward is, yeah, I, th- I think Tracy Walker is going to be an upper echelon safety that when you come into Detroit, people are like, man, Tracy Walker is going to get after you in the run game. He's going to be on your tight ends and running backs, and he's got these crazy arms, so don't try to throw the football up over him because he can go get that. So I think he's going to be a good player. And if you look at it before, when we were doing well, I mean, what did we have? We had Slay, and who else were these these premier stars when we made the playoffs all those years of Caldwell, and not a not a ton of people. You know, you're going back to your your reminiscing about your days of your boy and Dominican Sue, and uh, you know some of the other people we had. But even then, it was like Sue Slay and a bunch of you know, other type of players that were above average. Deron Harmon, you're just writing him off. Like, this guy's won multiple Super Bowls. This guy's a a go-get-it single high safety. Like, yeah, he might not be um, Earl Thomas when you look at the back of his jersey, but this guy can can do something the Lions haven't had, which is play single high and go get the football and turn it over. So I I don't just write that off as some low-level signing. I feel like that's a big upgrade. And that also frees up a Will Harris and other people to to get after it. So I, I'm I'm agreeing with your point that yeah, we don't have a bunch of Pro Bowl top end type players, but I feel like in year three here, what you're gonna see from this team is a team that just you know, to sum it all up, I just think they are gonna they're going much more for the the O four Pistons to use a basketball analogy than they are the Lakers. You know, they don't want the one or two guys and, and a bunch of nobodies. They want a not only a, a a team, they want 
you know, let's bring it back to the word they love, versatility. They want a team where if, if a defensive tackle goes down, you slide the next guy over. If your defensive end is having issues, you can slide a, a defensive tackle out to end. Sean Hand, let him rush. By the way, he's a great player that we never talk about anymore because he's had injuries. Like, that's what they're doing. They're they're building a, a team concept, a hardworking team, a a blue collar, like just, you know, like I say, that team that you can't game plan. You don't know where people are coming from. You can't key on people. And they're doing that on both sides of the football. So I think, you know, I think it's really sort of coming together. There's just, there's just those question marks to me of what they're going to end up with at linebacker. And is it really going to look better? And then also, you know, where is TJ Hawkinson going to end up on the high end, uh, you know, on the offensive side is really going to make or break, you know, kind of where they're at and how explosive they are. But I'm, I'm definitely enjoying sort of what they're building when it comes to team, as well as just a, a balanced, good football team. Like we don't have like the, the LA Raiders where we have no, or the Rams where we have no draft picks moving forward. We don't have a terrible salary cap like the Chicago bears or the Minnesota Vikings. You know what I mean? So like all those are assets in our back pocket. If we have a, a good young football team that hasn't played well the last couple of years, we have a lot of draft picks this year. We've used a lot of free agency money and now it's just time to go do it. Now they just got to go out and make plays on Sundays and add a piece here or there. And like, I'm with you, maybe, maybe they'll add a blue chip piece here or there before, after the draft. But I think the team concept is actually going to be the thing that gets them over the hump more so than, Hey, we have these two superstars and a scrub team after that. I see your point. I can dis- I, I mean, reasonable minds can differ, but uh, <laughs> I do see your point there. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, uh, the reason I want to bring it up to kind of sum up the show is that's what a lot of people are thinking out there. There's a lot of people that see these sneaky signings, you know, the Harmons, the uh, Nick Williams, the Shelton's, the, um, you know, the true fonts and think, Ooh, man, they're adding better players. You know, even Jamie Collins, a lot of people high on that. People are like, that's not going to get pub across the league, but it is going to get people excited about, Hey, you know, they're better than who they had previously. And they also are adding on to what we already thought was going to be a good football team last year before injuries hit. So why would they not be better? And then you have the other side of people, the Grifkas, which are the people that are like, show me, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, like, like that whole gimmick, like that's really impressive. Like when you guys start winning, I'll be a fan or I'll be excited. It's like, okay, great. You know, so will everybody else in the city, uh, the whole state of Michigan, but there's a lot of people out there that want to see it or want to say, Hey, you know, show me something. I haven't seen any W's and I get it, but you know, we got to uh, do this on the show. Or at least I do drink it in (laughs) that Detroit Kool-Aid and know that, Hey, it can't get any worse than it has the last couple. And I think they nail this draft, which again, we'll, we'll find out in three weeks. They will uh, be well on their way to kind of surprising the NFC North as well as the rest of the NFL. So Grifka, We've talked about the signings. We've we battled it out a little bit. We've had some fun and some laughs on the show. Grifka, the people want to know. I mean, you got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Detroit Kool-Aid Cast will be back Friday talking all things Detroit Lions. Uh, it's draft season, so I'm sure Grifka's got some draft questions. He wants me to inform him with all my draft uh 
absolute genius. So then he can in two weeks later say the same players that I mentioned and tell you how much he loves them and how good he thinks they are, how much tape he's watched in his lazy boy, which we all know that's never happened. So I'm sure the next few weeks will be loaded up with draft content. That should be fun. I'll have to put Grifka through a mock draft. You know, he's too lazy to do one on his own. So on the show, I'll put him on through a mock draft and, and watch Grifka's uh, steam come out of his ears when he's trying to find somebody in the fourth or fifth round because he's he's out of the top 10 list that he has. But uh, all that'll be fun. And man, I cannot wait for this draft for the Lions. So take care, everybody. Uh, you know what it is on Detroit Kool-Aid. Thank you so much for doing this. Drink it in, man. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.